This episode brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. And welcome to this first ever episode. It's called Steelers Up now, but that may change. But I'm your host, Andrew Torres. Really excited to get the show off and running for the Roster Up Media. You guys can follow us on Twitter. All of that info is going to be coming out within the next couple of weeks. So just be on the lookout. But I'm just glad that we can get the first episode started. Like I said, my name is Andrew Torres. And I'm looking forward to the show, not only because it's going to be a lot of fun talking about Steelers football in 2021, but I'm also looking forward to having this huge rotation of guests and co-hosts with me today, none other than George Arroyo was helping me get this show started. And I know George has been a Steelers fan for a very long time, following the team, doing the fantasy football and all that stuff. George, how are you? Thanks for helping me kick off the show. Fantastic. Uh, how, how, how bad can it be being a uh, black and gold uh, in the veins? You know what I mean? It, 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 it's great. I mean, it, I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to today's uh, uh, podcast. Um, it's an exciting time, uh, whether it be uh, the new the new season for the Steelers or whether it just be uh, reminiscing of the old days. But when it all comes down to it, it's black and gold all all the day, all the way. Yeah, that's right. And uh, just to kind of introduce ourselves, uh, and you were talking about the old days. Um, I had the talk. I had the chance to talk with Cody Engel, who works with Roster Up Media, and uh, I had the chance to introduce myself. But I wanted to hear from you specifically. I know we've had this conversation before about how we've gotten into becoming Steelers fans and where that comes from and stuff. So if you could give a shorter version of that story, how you became a fan of the black and gold. Yeah, the black and gold. So I'm going to age myself, but I'm, I'm a kid that came up in the seventies and uh, I was born in South America. So, you know, in, in South America in the seventies, uh, it's, you don't have the TV that you have today in the coverage. Um, you're, you're seeing Super Bowls and important games, and there's one of two teams that you saw primarily in South America, and it was either the Steelers or the Cowboys. There's no way I can be a Cowboys fan. So um, Steelers became my home team, um, and when I moved to the U.S., didn't change. Didn't change because I don't change. So um, success uh, kept me um, as a big uh, black and gold fan, and uh, I'm here today to talk about it. Nice. Uh, I Well, the same thing for me, except – Obviously, I wasn't alive during the 70s, but my dad was. Um, he grew up in New York and followed the New York teams, the Rangers and the Yankees. Uh, but for football, he grew up, and like you said, we you know watching on TV, the team that was successful uh, in the 70s was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so he kind of followed them, and that tradition kind of passed down to me and my older brother. And, you know, I grew up in the 90s, in the early 2000s, and, you know, Bill Cower, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, yeah. was the coach and Jerome Bettis, who was inducted a couple of years ago. And, you know, all those guys that, you know, Heinz Ward, who I'm hoping, assuming is going to be in the Hall of Fame soon. So that's a layup. Uh, yeah. No doubt, you know. yeah. Um, but it, it, following those guys and seeing them win the Super Bowl a couple of times. Uh, but and the thing that, that we can get into now is specifically how the team looks right now. And speaking of the Hall of Fame, you and I were talking about the show uh, getting ready for the show anyway about um, the Hall of Fame game that took place last week between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys and obviously none of the big stars played in this game for either team Big Ben didn't play Dak excuse me Dak Prescott obviously didn't play for the Cowboys 
Uh, and the biggest question that we can start with, George, is outside of Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, Steelers fans haven't really had to ask this question, but outside of Ben Roethlisberger, who do we look for from the quarterback position? Because, you know, for the most part, he's had injury problems here and there, but, you know, when it comes to postseason performances and stuff like that, he's really been the guy for, you know, it feels like forever. We haven't really had to talk about anybody else, but, you know, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and Josh Dobbs all participated in the, the Hall of Fame game. Do you see anybody that can take over? the starting position if Ben Roethlisberger isn't able to go? Yeah, you know, I, I it was interesting. I, my first thought about that that game um, was I think they showed way too much offense and way too much passing, but I, I think that they're trying to flush out that decision early. Right. Um, and so from, from a – just from a strictly viewership perspective, uh, that game was fun to watch just because they were throwing the ball and it wasn't just, you know, um, uh, your basic uh, short-term running game and trying to kill the clock, make sure nobody gets hurt. That being said, um, I saw, I, 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 go, I went into the, to the, the season this year thinking it's going to be Haskins. I left that game thinking it's going to be Haskins uh, for a multiple, multitude of reasons. Um, and the primary one is Haskins has youth and um, well, they, a couple of them have youth, uh, but um I saw youth and I saw uh, ex- a lot of experience with Haskins running uh, a first tier uh, offense. So I think that's where it's going to go. He looked really good. I mean, I don't know what you, you thought about it. I thought he looked, all three of them looked good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, well, and I, I think for the most part, the Steelers, they have a good problem in that they do have young guys that they can hand the ball off to. It's just that if something does happen to Ben, mm-hmm. it's like, who, well, who do you pick? Because there is Mason Rudolph who does have, you know, a couple of years ago, Ben was hurt and it was down to Mason Rudolph uh, and Duck Hodges back and forth between injuries between them. Dwayne Haskins has starting experience. He was with the Washington football team last year. And, you know, and Josh Dobbs, he was four for six, 37 yards, and he had the only passing touchdown in the game. So, you know, yeah. all three of these guys are clearly capable of doing something. Now it's just a matter of getting reps in the regular season to see what they're capable of. Yeah, I mean, the other piece to, to think about there is that so with Haskins, who who is probably the most mobile out of the three of them, um, he, he is getting behind whoever it is, uh, will be getting behind an offensive line that's kind of been put together this year, as you know. Yeah. And so the question is, should that offensive line be um, unstable and who, who has the most uh, who has the best chance of being successful? Um and, and to make something out of a blown play or, or a, a missed uh, block. And I think that's Haskins. And so that's why I see that, that they're probably going to go in that direction, but, uh, but who knows? I mean, I, I, I like having a quarterback uh, challenge um, for the backup. I don't like it for the, for the, for the first string, but uh, certainly uh, for the backup, um, I, I welcome that. Uh, it makes people play better, I think. Right. And the biggest question for the Pittsburgh Steelers, at least in my or another big question. There's a ton of questions, actually. You had touched about the <laughs> offensive line being an issue, so many departures, right. Alejandro Villanueva not being there anymore, Marquise Pouncey right. retiring, which was a right. little bit of a gut punch, but, you know, just stuff you have to learn how to overcome. And one of the biggest questions was for the Steelers was since the absence of Le'Veon Bell back in 2018, and, you know, we don't have to talk about that specifically for very long, but since him, James Conner took over as the running back and, you know, he had a good first year in 2018 and right. it ne- hasn't necessarily been the same. And the Steelers kind of went in a different direction this time around taking the first round draft pick that they had and drafting Najee Harris from the university of Alabama he didn't play that much in the game. He only had seven carries for 22 yards, but 
this guy has a lot of promise and a lot of people are expecting great things from him in Pittsburgh. People are expecting a lot of great things from him because he is that combination of power and good speed. So, yeah. Yeah. Just stepping back to uh, James Conner. I mean, I think that's always been an emotional decision for the Steelers. I mean, the yes. guy coming off cancer and, and being a Pittsburgh guy and all that. And I, I thought the Steelers were above that type of a decision, but in this case, I really believe that they were, they had a little bit of motion tied to, to the James Conner experiment. Uh, that being said, uh, Najee Harris is, I think a blue chip solid player. I think it's a foregone conclusion in practice. They realize what the potential the guy has. Um, and so I think they're, they didn't play him much to your point. Um, and I think you should try and keep them on ice. Not to mention it was the fifth, you know, the, the fourth game here um, in, in the preseason. And they, they don't want to put too much of a tax on his body. But right. uh, but I, I do think the guy has a lot of promise. I love the fact that he has great hands. He can catch the ball. Um, and he's going to show I, I think he's got a lot of promise. I got he's got a lot of upside. I think he's already proved that uh, to them. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's everything you're hearing coming out of the camp. So I think there's, they're, they're not going to put a lot into the upcoming game. Um, so, uh, against the Eagles, but we'll see. I mean, I, I would like to see more of him, um, out on the flat and, and to see, see them just trying to uh, diversify him a little bit, just so I could see it, but I, I don't think it's a wise thing to do, but I want to see that. Right. And we still got a couple of weeks before the regular season. The other guy that we saw right. in the, uh, the, the hall of fame game that, is a starter and he actually had a pretty good breakout rookie season last year was chase claypool uh he had three receptions yeah. for 62 yards yeah he had a 45 yard catch uh in in the hall of fame game last year i was pretty impressed with his ability you know the steelers to me seem to be rotating in and out of receivers almost every single year um sometimes you know it was antonio brown and he had his cast of people around him and then some guys left and then juju smith schuster came and then the whole thing with AB kind of happened and now then it was just Juju and now Juju seems to have, you know, a pretty solid guy on the other side that he can kind of go with. Uh, I thought Chase looked pretty good last year. And, you know, a lot of people are debating, you know, the sophomore slump, is it going to happen or is it not? Uh, I'm looking forward to him having a pretty decent year playing on the other side of Juju. Yeah. You made a great point there. I, mean, um, I you know, this guy Rico Busey is looking really good as well. I don't, I don't know if you've seen uh, yes. what's going on with him, but he mm -hmm. is looking very sharp, which again, it, it's, it's the Steelers. I mean, they, they draft really well. Um, I, I think that Ben doesn't get enough, enough credit um, for what he makes a receiver, uh, how he makes a receiver perform. So, um, and if you look at many of the receivers that leave, um, they don't seem to be able to to mm -hmm. to um, elevate to the level that they were under the Steelers. That being said, I think Claypool is is gonna he's gonna he's gonna have a challenge this year because it, now there's a book on him. There's gonna be people that have teams that have the ability to see right um, to to see him, and he's gonna be looked at as number one. And um, you know, Juju had that same challenge, maybe not a sophomore year, but certainly when when the Antonio Brown thing fell apart, um, they were able to home in on him a lot better. So uh let's see i i hope he doesn't have that software slump but it it certainly is is uh it's out there it could happen um um and then you know we'll see we'll see how the the rest of the the uh receivers help him um you know get open and and take some of the uh the defense away so that he can do what he can do right and speaking of defense one of the biggest things that has been going into the steelers offseason was the defense and how they were going to perform obviously tj watt is expected to be you know one of the top defensive players i know he's still kind of going through some contract talks and some issues uh, that are going to have to be determined at a later date but uh, 
overall, I think a lot of people are expecting the Steelers defense to, I don't want to say necessarily not be as good as it's been in the past, but it's going to look a lot different last year. Obviously um, Devin Bush wasn't able to play because of an injury um, before the season even started. Cameron Hayward's getting up there in age and you kind of saw TJ Watt kind of be the defensive guy on his own. Bud Dupree was on the team with the franchise tag last, last year. He's obviously not there this year. Um, so, so there's a lot of question marks, but for the most part, you know, the Steelers, as far back as I can remember, the one thing that you can always count on is having a good solid defense. And I'm hoping that that's still the case this year too. They, they, that is their personality, right? They've always had um, a great defense Now there. We had quite a, quite a bit of a challenge in the past, you know, five years, uh, it hasn't been to our, uh, what we're used to. Right. Um, but I think that they're back. I think that the, the linebacker, which is, you know, if you want to build a prototypical Steelers defense, it starts with the linebackers and the cornerbacks, right? And I think the linebackers are there. Um, I, I don't, I didn't like miss uh, losing Bud Dupree, but he's, you know, coming off a big injury, and you know, maybe next year he'll be more of where he was before he got injured. That being said, again, looking at the way the Steelers draft, it's Mel, uh, Melvin Ingram guy coming in, right? Uh, looks really, really good. <laughs> Another guy looks really good, and. And if we can keep that going and um, and uh, get the 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 cornerbacks and the safeties to manage uh, behind them, I, I think that that defense is going to be another blue chip uh, season for the Steelers. Yeah, and and the, the biggest thing I, I know I say that a lot, but a lot of people are talking about the division now, the AFC North. A lot of people are still. Uh, expecting a reverse of what it's been over the past 15, you know, even 20 years ago where the Steelers and the Ravens kind of finished out on top of everybody and the Bengals were kind of there in the mix, but they were never able to really get over the hump and the Browns were always at the bottom. Now things are looking like they're going to be switching around the Browns. You know, we don't have to talk about the wild Gary game last year, but the Browns are expected to do extremely well, even run for the division ahead of Baltimore, who's already had some injuries come out in training camp, their top receiver, their first, their, their first round pick, you know, they're not really sure what or how he's going to be coming off of an injury. They're already expecting him to miss the entire month of September. We'll have to wait and see how he comes after that. But, you know, the front runners, obviously before the season starts, you know, you don't know what teams are going to look like because of injuries, because of uh, um, chemistry with offenses, quarterbacks and such, but the Browns are expected to do extremely well. The Ravens are expected to do, you know, pretty decently with Lamar Jackson, if he can figure out how to connect with his receivers and, uh, the Steelers, they, they, they're, they're kind of getting overlooked a little bit. And as a fan of the Steelers that's followed them and the success that they've had over the last 15 years, that's kind of offensive to me at least. But I w- I'll pose the question to you. Is there some merit to that where the Steelers are, you know, possibly are going to have to be the underdog this year? Um, is there some merit to it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that the, that the Browns, to, to the points you made, the Browns are getting better um, and, and the Ravens. I don't believe – I'm not sold on the Browns. I mean, I think they had a um, – between – I think it was a mix of the Steelers collapsing and the Browns getting better. Um, yeah, that game, I, I still have a sour taste in my mouth over that game. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think the Browns are – I think there's a little bit of hype there um, that uh, that I, I'm, I haven't been sold yet. Um, and the Ravens, all right, I'll give them their props. They're, they're a good team. They have a good defense. Um, the, the, uh, the offense doesn't, hasn't clicked the way it should click. Right. Um, and so from that perspective, they're behind schedule, right? I mean, if, if this is supposed to be the answer for, for the Ravens, 
um, that offensive unit, um, they're behind. And so yeah. I, I think that's good news looking at it from the perspective of, well, maybe this isn't going to happen the way everyone thought it is. But um, I think it's going to be, I think this, this division, they are going to beat each other up all year long. Um, and uh, I, the strength of schedule outside of the division is going to have to prevail for the winner. Right. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, home game upsets. Um, and, and I just, it, it's just going to have to come down to the games that are outside of the division. Right. And you're talking about the Ravens, the strength of the Ravens was their running game last year. They led the NFL in rushing yards in total per game. Lamar Jackson was a big part of that as a mobile quarterback. The question that a lot of people are talking about with him is, is he going to be able to throw the ball effectively for the Steelers? It's the opposite. Ben Roethlisberger is 39 years old. A lot of people are questioning if the Steelers are not able to run the ball and, you know, with Najee Harris uh, being the rookie, uh, his effectiveness on the ground, we're going to have to wait and see how that looks. But if it comes down to Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers having to rely on his arm to get the job done in the fourth quarter, do you see that being an issue with his age being 39 years old and coming off the elbow injury a couple of years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what happened last year, right? I mean, right. they were doing strong. They were strong. Um, and age comes down to it. And, and in the later months, uh, the later games of the season, it caught up to them. And um, as we know, listen, the blueprint's there. I said, that's the first thing we talked about. The blueprint is there for Steeler football. You, know, you got to have a great defense and you got to, and you got to run the ball. Uh, and with it, without a running game, I don't, I'm an old school person. I believe that the running game in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, if you, if you have a solid running game, you're going to win some games. And, uh, I, I, you know, we, we, we've given, we've tried the, uh, you know, throw for a million yards and um, uh, it, it doesn't work. It hasn't yeah. worked for us. That's not Steeler football. So we have, we have to have a, a running game. And I, and, and I don't, I don't account for these screen passes as part of the running game. That's not the running game. Although I want it, I want to see how we can do it. Right. But I want, it's a different, the defense is in a different formation when you're actually running the ball. Correct. And so for me, I think that that's what the linemen love. They love to run the, the ball. It's, it, it's much better for them. And if we have a, a line, a line, uh, an offensive line that's just getting together, uh, the best way to get them acclimated to the offense is to run the ball. So everything's coming down to running the ball. Um, and I don't see us uh, being able to throw uh, with an older Ben Roethlisberger Correct. Uh, the way we have in the, in the past two to three years. Yeah. And, George, uh, as we start to wrap up the show, great first episode, by the way, really appreciate you being uh, a part of it. And uh, the, the last question I'll pose to you is um, we talked about finishing the standings in the division in the AFC North. Uh, a lot of people are, like I said, are expecting the Browns or the Ravens to be the number one team in that division. Do you have a final number? Do you have a prediction for the Steelers to win the first 17 game season in NFL history? So I still have to get used to that. I'm used to the total number of games being 16. So that's playing with my uh, OCD a little bit, but do you have a final number for the Steelers? You have a record so far? Well, you know, I, I, I look at it. Um, um it's going to be between 11 and 10 wins for me. Right. I agree. Uh, I, I, I see that. I, I, I looked at the, the schedule, who are the home games. Um, and, you know, there's a little motion in for me because they're, they're, they're my team. And so, you know, I'm going to lean towards the 11, 11 win season. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, that being said, assuming everyone's healthy and you always got to assume that Correct. at the beginning of, of the season. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I see, I see Na, Najee Harris really, really helping out um, in our defense, uh, stepping it up. And, and so that for me, that, that, and our defense is a little older. Um, 
which which does present some challenges. But uh, I see us with eleven wins. Yeah, I I would I would agree. If if everybody stays healthy, if Ben doesn't have to be the guy that he's been in the past, uh, and if Najee Harris does what we expect him to do, and the receivers are there, and everybody kind of connects together, uh, and the biggest thing for the Steelers, I think, if the offensive line can just do its job, I think we'll like well enough i think we'll be fine because i think there right. was offensively with the receivers that we talked about with harris um you know predicting that he'll have a great season if everybody else just does their job the way that they're supposed to and you know injuries have right. always been the, the injuries have been in the achilles heel for the steelers in the last couple of years i think if that okay. 10, 10 or 11 wins doesn't seem that far-fetched george thank you so yeah. much really appreciate you being a part of this first episode and we have to have you back for sure Thanks, Andrew. Looking forward to it. Had a blast. Yep. And if you guys want to check out Roster Up Media, you can guys can go to the website. You guys uh, be sure to follow on Twitter. We'll have all that information coming for you soon as we continue to set it up. I'm Andrew Torres. Thanks to Georgia Royal for being a part of the show again. And we'll see you next time.